Good morning. Praise God. It is always a joy to come to MBC. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, at first uh, five minutes, I would, not even five minutes, maybe three minutes, I would give my mission update because uh, you are the, one of the churches who are sending us into the field and maybe I'll take that and then after that I'll, but this will not count in my preaching time. Okay. <laughs> So, um, so here we go. So I'm one of the missionaries of your church, and uh, uh, thank you so much for praying uh, and also financially supporting us because you are sending, so that makes a big difference. So we can be in the field, and God has been doing great things uh, through us by his uh, grace. I just want to uh, tell you one thing, and recently we moved to uh, Lancaster area uh, from St. David's, and Lancaster is considered some of the, one of the holy lands of uh, Pennsylvania. So when we reached there, we couldn't understand it was not a I mean, holy land. They need Christ. They need Jesus too. So we, uh, three, I mean, two years back, we established a, a regular outreaching in um, Upper Derby area. So, if you don't understand me well, and because I have Upper Derby accent, now I have a countryside accent from Lancaster. So, if you don't, if you don't understand, just raise your hands, and I'll repeat it again. Is that okay? Great, because I speak four languages. Okay, it is, it is not my mistake. You know. So, anyway, thank you so much for bearing with me. So, two years back, we started a, a reach out, the street evangelism in Upper Darby area. That's uh, different than what we had been doing because it's a uh, every week outreach. We call, uh, that time it was S3, kind of a seek, share, and serve. But recently we added one more element to that S3, now it's S4. Now it's uh, seek, share, serve, and sustain. Okay, this sustain came after our experience, okay. So the, this is the way uh, it worked. Um, the ministry started when I was uh, doing a uh, daily devotion. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, uh, we see that Jesus came to save the, lo the lost, something like that. Okay? So, uh, but here, as a human being, we cannot go and save but we can share, we can seek and share. Actually, Jesus came to seek and save, but uh, as uh, his disciples, we can go and seek and save, and then we can serve them after you share your faith and when they become Christian. So now we, need, we added another element, it's called sustain, that means we need to sustain it because it's a, uh, the way every week, consistently, the same time, the same place, you make, you make sure you are there. That makes a big difference. So, so we saw that, that consistency, the consistency in reaching out the community, that can bring a great uh, um, uh, harvest. So we, we trained a, a bunch of people. And almost two years and now, every Thursday and some other days, actually they are continuing that ministry. So now, after we moved uh, back in, uh, moved to uh, Lancaster, we started another ministry in Lancaster City. So every Tuesday, t 12 to 2 o'clock, that's a market day uh, in the city square. So we see many people, when I thought uh, this is a Bible belt, we may not get uh, many results like in Upper Derby, but uh, that was my underestimation. But here every week we meet uh, refugees, we meet uh, ethnic, different ethnicity uh, from Congo, from Syria, Iraq, Palestine, and uh, West Africans, and, uh, and also we, uh, we meet more atheists, we, we meet Christians, uh, we meet uh, uh, drug addicts, we meet people who are in the halfway homes. So God has been doing great things. And now uh, there are some churches, they are regularly coming with us. God 
uh, in his uh, providence, uh, in his grace, added more like-minded people. So we go every week uh, and we reach out to the community. So if you are not receiving our newsletter, so we always put the stories, uh, but uh, we cannot give you a very elaborate way, but a little bit, little bit of uh, slice we always put. But uh, this time I just wanted to uh, encourage you with one story. In six months back, I met uh, Rebecca uh, and Rachel in Epidarby. Okay. So Rebecca and Rachel, uh, they, uh, actually they are in um, their uh, maybe 25th or 26th, uh, that age uh, group. And so when they were uh, passing by and I handed out a, a tracks to them and we had that conversation, ended up sharing the gospel. They made a profession of faith. Later, uh, they gave their contacts with me, and then I had been uh, contacted, uh, you know, regularly touch, uh, touch base with them, and they, 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 they said they wanted to uh, share their faith now. They wanted to know how to get, uh, how to, uh, uh, get equipped to share their faith to somebody else. And then I said, surely, that's a great thing. I mean, it's supposed to happen in that way. When you come to know the knowledge of, uh, 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 when you come to the knowledge of uh, God, then you need to tell that difference to others. And then uh, three weeks back, and uh, they attended one of my training sessions in Upper Darby. And after that, uh, both of them came with us to OJT, that we call on-the-job training. We go out to the street and uh, and teach them how to start a conversation, how to share, the, share their faith, what they learn in the classroom. So they, they both came, and Rachel was in my group, and I asked her to uh, maybe approach with a track to a person, and she did it, and she tried to uh, follow what she learned in the cl classroom, and, and she started a conversa conversation with a lady, then I ended that conversation with uh, leading that person into commitment. So Rachel could see that, how a, uh, really uh, a conversion um, happens in the street. I mean, one, a person making their, uh, profess their faith in Jesus Christ. So the long story short, now every week, Rachel and Rebecca, they are going out with our Upper Darby team. Is that wonderful? So this is only the one glimpse of how this evangelism, how the ministry is working. Okay. Thank you so much for uh, um, uh, standing with us, and uh, we always uh, remember you uh, in our prayers. So if you, if you would like to know more about the, uh, the ministry, and please let us know. And this year I was able to uh, complete uh, eight uh, uh, teaching sessions and in different churches in uh, Bible, Bible fellowship churches and vineyard churches and uh, some Baptist churches. So God has been using us in a very mighty way. Thank you so much for you uh, standing with us. God bless you. So now you can count on the time. I mean, when I, when I came here, I asked uh, uh, Donna, uh, as a preacher, how much time should I take? She said, that's up to you. <laughs> so then... Uh, so she gave me a warrant, uh, a bond, a free bond, so I'm going to use it, okay? So anyway, so uh, thank you so much. Uh, be patient with me. I think uh, most of you know my conversion story. Uh, but I'm not going to repeat it again, and uh, in a shorter way, I became a committed Christian through an underground church in Saudi Arabia, and there one Hindu convert a Christian who shared the gospel to me, that made a great impact in my life. So today, I'm going to share his story. So um, he, he was born and brought up in a high-class Hindu Brahmin family, and then he ended up in uh, Middle East as part of his work. And um, he was actually uh, very ritualistic, uh, continuing his uh, Hindu uh, Eastern worship style. 
but then uh, he, he faced some struggles in his workplace. And his boss was very uh, rude, and every, every day he tormented him some way. You know, you know uh, when, we have a, uh, when we have not a happy boss, then you can imagine how that would. So he was uh, facing that kind of uh, situation. Then one of his colleagues invited me, invited him to go with him to the church. I mean, in Middle East, you know that kind of a secret kind of churches. And then um, he happened to uh, be with him in that church. So when he was there, and he was a very strong Hindu, but when he was there, so one thing took his attention. Uh, even actually the Middle East, uh, I mean, you know that the people, they are working in very blue-collar jobs, and they all come maybe labor camps, and after the work, they directly come to the church. The church is not just uh, not like this. It's kind of a, maybe a, a home setup. So then uh, every, I mean, when he was there, the pastor and the, uh, some of the leaders, they all were hugging all the people who are coming from, uh, you know, the, their workplace. I mean, kind of a, uh, uh, the, the small jobs, you know, kind of a, because in the Middle East, you know that the, it's a hot weather and sweaty and stinging smell and all. But still, they see that they all hug each other, even the pastor, even other the leader, leadership. Then he, uh, one thought came in his mind, you know, that, that thought uh, was uh, the key. He, he said, I saw love of God among these believers. They used to hug one another. What opened my eyes was, if they, being humans, can love one another so much, how much more will their God love? Particularly, his eyes caught up into that love of Christ by seeing they were hugging each other. So I would like to invite you to Luke chapter 5, verse, verses 1 to 11. Here we see a same like a, a person who came to an encounter with uh, Jesus. Okay. Just like uh, my friend, you know, the one thing changed his uh, life uh, turn around. So here is uh, the holy inherent word. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boats. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, we'll let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Would you please pray with me? 
Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for giving us uh, this uh, great uh, opportunity one more time in our life to come and sit under your word. Lord, I ask you, Lord, please uh, speak through me. Give me your wisdom and direction. Lord, we submit all of us under thy hands. Lord, you, you give us a, a special personal revelation through your word today. We ask all these things in your son's name. So this uh, gospel portion, very familiar for each of us. But today I would like to take you into a different direction. Suppose, um, if you have not directed a movie, maybe today I just uh, ask you, maybe take an opportunity to direct a movie. So here you come, I mean here, take your cameras and we are just uh, going to the lake shore where the Gennesaret and uh, so here the Luke, he is the author and he is, he is the script writer and he is the director and he, is a, he is, comes from a Gentile background and, uh, and also he was a doctor and he was, uh, he was uh, one of the companions of uh, Paul's uh, missionary journey too. So, uh, so we can give the, uh, this uh, short movie. It's only three scenes in it, okay? So we can give the name a, a call for catchmen, okay? So location, as I said, uh, the lake Gennaris is known as the Sea of Galilee. So by God's uh, providence, I had an opportunity to personally visit this uh, place. Gennesaret is a uh, um, Sea of Galilee is uh, just like uh, I think United States. You may have I think five lakes. Just uh, lakes. I mean, I had been. I mean, I was in uh, Lake Erie. Erie is same same like uh, it has a waves and it's, it's just like an ocean. I mean, you, you see that same like sea, sea of Galilee. It's uh, 13 miles long, around seven miles approximately in width and 700 uh, feet deep from the sea level. And this is known as one of the uh, um, uh, only freshwater under the sea level, actually. So um, the fish in this uh, sea is very tasty. And uh, so I, I was there and I specifically, you know, after the, uh, the visit, I mean, uh, so we had a, a Peter's fish, I mean, nearby the restaurant, so I had it, so. So th this is the situation, I just wanted to maybe take you over here, stand uh, and look at the, uh, uh, the, the, the situation over here, and uh, maybe you can cast one of the uh, actors, I mean, th there are many, many people there, there, there is a big crowd there, and, and also uh, the main cast we just wanted to uh, do on Jesus and, and Peter, they are the, the main, main characters, but along with them you see uh, uh, Andrew and, uh, and James and, and John, and, and so th this is the scene, just imagine, I just wanted to uh, see that, how this works, uh, uh, and there are only three scenes, okay? The three, three scenes I just wrote uh, divided into something like, uh, you know, one, two, three, the scene number one, it comes uh, an urgency. That means a top priority of preaching the word. The, the scene number two, it comes with uh, uh, an urgency to proclaim the word. That's um, uh, eight to 11. And, and, um, and, and sorry, Scene, scene number two is an urgency to proceed to the word. That's uh, four to seven. Then scene number three is an urgency to proclaim the word uh, eight to eleven. So only three scenes, and we just uh, um, uh, go there and watch. And the, when, when you look at uh, the whole situation, so you see that, I mean, uh, the things, uh, the starting with a big crowd. So there is a specialty of this crowd than other gospels. I mean, when you when you look at the the, the same narratives in uh, 
Matthew and Mark, and, and then Luke is a little bit different than the both of other uh, synoptic gospels. And uh, Luke is specifically uh, focusing upon uh, the personal encounter uh, between uh, him, uh, Jesus, and Peter. I mean, that is his focus. We can see over here, and then. Uh, the main idea, uh, we, we can see that the, the Peter, he sees the divine power of uh, God. I mean, when, when he sees uh, Jesus' div divinity, the divine power, and, and that gives him a new vision. That changes everything in his life. Okay? So, um, for Peter, the divine power, what he reveals through Jesus that changes his career. That changes the a complete turn, turn around in his life. You know, that was the, 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 the meeting point for him and, and Jesus. That, that was actually the key for him to be in the ministry. So, so basically the whole, the purpose is uh, Jesus is calling his disciples, his, uh, uh, his people for his uh, kingdom um, growth. So, um, and, and basically, when you look at this, uh, this uh, scripture portion, and this is not the first time Jesus is uh, actually showing Peter uh, a miracle, something like that. I mean, when you uh, check the uh, chapter 4, I mean, there you see that even Peter and Andrew, uh, they, I mean, they both of them saw Jesus was, Jesus, uh, was healing Peter's uh, uh, mother-in-law. So then, uh, but here, it was a different purpose. I mean, why did Jesus, uh, I mean, uh, do another miracle in this, uh, uh, this scene? So maybe uh, I mean you will be ready uh, for uh, asking questions to the passage and the scripture, and I just wanted to uh, take you uh, to the verse, uh, uh, you know, chapter five, verse one. There you see that a crowd, a, a crowd was pressing on to hear the word of God. Okay, and, and before that, maybe it, as I said, you know, even. Um, Ask Jesus. I mean, Jesus actually, why did Jesus choose this place uh, particularly? I mean, when you look at, uh, uh, into that natural setup of that place, I mean, I see it's kind of a, a beach, and, and Jesus is asking his disciple uh, to take out the uh, boat from the shore to the water. I mean, then he, he, he chose one of the boats, that's the Peter's boat, and that became his uh, pulpit. Okay. So, the need, the, I mean, some other uh, places in the gospel, we always see that the crowd, uh, the crowd was pressing Jesus after seeing his miraculous work, even after other, um, 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 you know, miracles what he did, people started to follow him. But particularly over here, we see that, I mean, they were pressing on him to hear the word of God. I mean, they were not actually uh, there for seeing his miracle or something like that. They just wanted to hear the word from Jesus. So this, that is the setup. And Jesus, uh, he identifies. He identifies and he recognizes the need of the people. And uh, when you look into the Bible, Jesus always identifies uh, the common needs of, uh, the social needs of uh, his people. Even. Uh, for example, uh, the wedding at Cana, I mean, the, they needed more wine, and then Jesus entered into there, and uh, uh, some other uh, situation, people were hungry. I mean, after his preaching, he fed uh, 5,000 people. So but he always uh, recognized their, the, the social needs. But here, uh, uh, particularly, um, he is uh, 
meeting uh, the need of uh, uh, feeding them with the word. And, and then, uh, we, we, uh, for that, actually, Jesus uh, prepares uh, the stage. And then, uh, after identifying their needs, and Jesus asks uh, uh, one of the uh, disciples, so you know all the situation, and he saw two boats, I mean, uh, by the lake, and, uh, of course, I mean, uh, even, even though Peter is the prominent character over here, Andrew was there, others were there, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets, I mean, uh, basically uh, two empty boats and uh, um, all the night they worked very hard and they were washing their nets and this is the time Jesus asked them to. Uh, um, asked Peter to uh, uh, take his boat little away from the shore. I mean, so if one of the commentators say that maybe Jesus asked them to move the boat uh, I mean, from the shore, kind of an amphitheater kind of, kind of an acoustic uh, uh, hearing of the word. And, and uh, it is a better setting to preach and, and the one more uh, uh, thing we can just uh, uh, understand from here, I mean, when we look in the whole scripture that, I mean, previously Jesus was actually preaching in the synagogue. But then uh, one day he knew that, I mean, the synagogues, uh, they are going to close for him to preach for them. But maybe now, maybe he is uh, moving according to the need of the community. So he is moving according to... Uh, to their, their, their need. I mean, you, you see later, I mean, now he's in the beach where the more community. Maybe they were, they were for the fishing community. Maybe they were for uh, summer vacations, you know, just like us. Or maybe they're uh, for a, a, a fun fishing. You know? We all like fun fishing, isn't it? The recreational fishing. But uh, there is a big crowd there. But then some other situation, you see that, I mean, Jesus, uh, he was in the street. He was in the alleys, he was in the, in the marketplace, you know. He was uh, always uh, uh, away from the, the pre-set-up uh, pre, I mean, pre, uh, pre kind of a preaching situation. So one thing, I mean, during this pandemic time, actually, uh, even uh, um, 2020 was one of the best times for us in the street evangelism. I mean, we don't keep the, uh, in a statistics, but then uh, approximately uh, more than 100 people made professions of faith in Upper Darby Street itself. So just imagine during the time, actually, the, all the churches were closed. And, and I think uh, we are living in almost same like a situation now. So maybe a, a, a pre-planned kind of a setup for the church is a, uh, uh, is always people uh, in, in an organized capacity. They are coming to the building and, and they are sitting under the word of God in an organized uh, way. But then uh, in Jesus' time, it was not uh, different. When you go to the street and when you go to the beach, uh, beach and uh, other places, you are uh, meeting any kind of a people. You know? uh, um, for us, when we go to the streets every week, you know, we are not uh, meeting any kind of a organized group. We are just uh, um, randomly meeting different kinds of uh, people from the society. So maybe here, uh, what I see there, maybe today, is, what is uh, one of the challenges as church we face? Maybe we need to get out from our pulpits and maybe we need to go to the beaches. Maybe we need to go to the streets. Okay. I, I see the church. I'm not uh, asking you fire your pastor. Okay. <laughs> so so the, as a church, pastors and the elders and the leadership, they, they have their responsibilities. You know? As a church, what is our responsibility? If you and me are the disciples of uh, Jesus Christ, we are commanded to go out and share the gospel. Is that right? It is not uh, for the pastors. It is not for the elders. It is for each, every believer, every disciple of Jesus Christ should go out and share their faith. Okay? You may have 100 reasons. I'm not prepared. I do not know how to share it. But you know, after September 11th, 11th, that would not be any excuse. 
So we are going to have a great session of training in this church with the partnership of another church. The vacancy is only 40, 40, okay? So if you register your seats today, so then you can be one of the fisher who can go out and share your faith the coming days. So please take the opportunity. This is some kind of a commercial in between the uh, sermon, okay? <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the training session. So here, um, then again, one more, one more thing I just wanted to uh, um, bring your attention into the, uh, into the text. And the word of God, I mean, especially Luke, and, and uh, uh, he mentioned almost 20 times, you know, the, the word of God in his uh, book, the, the Luke Gospel, as well as uh, uh, the Acts, the book of Acts. I mean, the, both the uh, authors uh, is actually uh, Luke. And in, in Luke, in Luke uh, Jesus alone preaching, but then in Acts, church, the whole church is uh, proclaiming the word of God. That's the difference. You can see that. Even Acts chapter 13, 5, when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. Okay. And uh, so you see the proclamation of the word there. And also, when you look maybe after the ascension of Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 8, verse 4, we see that those who were scattered went about preaching the word. And, uh, uh, and, and you see that, that they were, that, that, du during that time, the, uh, the persecution was so severe, and uh, the, the disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, they, they started to go out. I mean, this is, this is not only the apostles, all the people who put their trust in Jesus Christ, they went out and shared the gospel. I mean, this is the, the evangelism part of the word of God. Then 15, Acts chapter 15, verse 35, but Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. So, so here today, maybe what is our priority to preach the word? I, I mean the preach the word is not only the preaching from a, a pulpit like this, the preach the word is sharing the word, sharing uh, the, uh, the gospel to others. So then uh, um, you, you see the word is the object of preaching. The word is the, word is the supreme authority over our, our evangelism and our preaching. So how it works? So when the word of God is accepted, it causes growth. So each week when we go and talk to people, we, we, we see that. I mean, we always uh, caught from scriptures. We don't do anything. We don't, uh, we don't do anything from our own version. We always say that, hey, Bible says. If I say, I always say mistakes. I always say foolish things. But then Bible says, that's the word of God. That's the living word of God. You know, that is the power of the salvation. And that's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Okay. So here, so here we see that after you share the word, that word can produce relationship between people and Jesus, between people and God. That's the, word, that's the way the growth comes. In Acts chapter 11, verse 1, now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard the heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So here Luke is uh, writing and mentioning the word of God, even in his, uh, his uh, special writing. So, so in today's uh, setup, and what is the priority? What is the need of word of God? So um, you and me are commanded to go out and share this word and without any excuse. So... so so th this was the first, uh, first session, and Jesus was uh, preaching. He identified the need of the community, need of the people, and then he hired one of the boats, and that, he, that became his pulpit, and he preached the word, and people heard the word. So, so that, that, that was the first shot. That was the first scene. So now we can, we can go to the next scene. In the next scene, we see that, you know, that urgency to proceed to the word, I and mean, that's the title over here. 
and verse uh, uh, 4. And verse 4, and here, the after preaching, and Jesus asked Simon, what? He asked Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So, so I was always uh, surprised. If uh, I think Timothy is your music director, if I come and I say, Timothy, you just do this song and uh, in this way. That's a foolish thing. I don't know anything about the, uh, about the music. And then I'm advising him to do something in that way. The same way over here, a carpenter, Jesus, he is uh, asking Peter to put, the, put, put his uh, uh, net let down for a, another catch. You know that Peter, I mean, he was a very professional in catching fish and uh, maybe many years. I mean, just like you and, more, you and me, we always have that kind of answers, you know, when somebody comes and shares the word, hey, I heard it. I grew up in a Presbyterian church, you know that? My father was a pastor. I mean, I heard all these kind of stories when I'm in the, in the street, you know, kind of a head knowledge. So maybe Peter, I mean, he was thinking the same way. So he was saying that, hey, I knew where is the fish. We toiled all night. And now you are just coming to me and you are asking me that you do this. What is but, but what happened? Then we see that. I mean, that, that kind of attitude, normally we can see that. At, at first, uh, just like a protest, you know, what he said, master. You know, the master, the calling, I mean, Luke is mentioned just like a boss, a boss. But I, 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 I hear you, and I do what you do, what you command. So that, that kind of a situation. But then, you know, basically, even three weeks back, I was in the Lancaster City. I, 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 I'm, I approached a person who was sitting in the marketplace, and a young man, and 23-year-old, and... You may, you may be surprised why I always say the, the ages of people. <laughs> but you know, I can assume that. That's all. Okay? I do not ask people their age. Don't think in the wrong way. So, so he, here, I, he said, when I approached with the uh, gospel, then he was so rebellious, and he started to argue with me. And, uh, and then later he said, I'm an atheist. Okay. Then I asked him uh, his uh, little bit of background, but I was very gentle, you know, and uh, very patient. I heard from him, and he grew up in a, pa he's a pastor's kid. He grew up in a pastor's home. Now he's, he's a rebellious. He's rejecting God and going through very difficult times. But uh, we had very, a, a very limited conversation, but he was very gracious to take one gospel track from me. Maybe that track may challenge him. Maybe that track can help him to touch and bring the irresistible spirit of God and bring him the knowledge of his sinfulness, you know. So, so maybe that, that, that's the situation. We, you and me always have that kind of attitude. You know? Attitude just like uh, Peter, you know, we, we are we are, we are good enough in our professionalism, you know. We, we know many things, but uh, we do not want to accept him. But uh, here, in Peter's case, a little bit uh, different. But he said, we toiled all night and took nothing. It was a fruit, fruitless night. But achieve your word, I will let down the nets. That was his, uh, his reply. So... Christ, Jesus was asking him to put his uh, net a little more deep, in a deeper side. You know. So in today's culture, we are more familiar with uh, shallow fishing, you know, shallow preaching, shallow Christian life. We kind of a superficial, but we, we do not want to go into the substantial things and Maybe study the word in the deeper way and have the relationship with Jesus in a deeper way, a deeper way of praying, deeper way of studying the scriptures, something like that. 
I mean, what does it mean? You know, uh, something like, uh, you know, disconnect you from the shore. The shore is always has some kind of, uh, this is not an allegorical kind of thing. I mean, I'm, what I just want to bring your attention, sometimes, you know, we all are very much familiar uh, with the shore. The shore and the places, we always have noises. We always have disturbances. We always uh, can be uh, uh, distracted. But here Jesus is asking, hey, take a little more into the deep. You know? But then, that kind of a situation. I just want to maybe think uh, a question, you know, ask you to think maybe right now, where is your Christian life? Is it really deep into, uh, deep into the world? You know? Your Christian life and your personal relationship with Jesus Christ and your Bible study, your prayer time and everything. But... Uh, we need some kind of a disengagement from the shore and be into the deep, you know, and deep with the spiritual communion with God. So that's why he is asking, take, you, we must launch out into the deep. So every week, God is giving us more opportunity to go into the deeper sides of uh, uh, the ministry. So um, in, in evangelism explosion, one of the, one of the uh, in a training questions, we always ask uh, that who is uh, Jesus? So we, we always wanted to, people should understand that you know, Jesus is God and man. The true nature of uh, Jesus. Why, uh, why I mean, uh, sometime back one Hindu a uh, Hindu girl, he asked me, hey, why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus die for the sins of all the world? I mean, her mother became a Christian through uh, our ministry. And then I had an opportunity to visit their home, and during that time she asked this question. Then I had to explain her the true nature of Jesus. He is not only a man, he is a God. Only God can forgive your sins. And he is the only God's uh, uh, sacrifice can be uh, redeemed and justified your sins. She got it. He's a student of Westchester University, only 19-year-old science uh, student. And then after that, she got it. She said, wow, now I understand that. Why only Jesus can, you know, make a difference, you know, in the redemption or saving and then she made a profession of faith that night. So here, so here, here in this uh, situation, we see that Peter is saying to Jesus, at your word, at your word, I will put my nets uh, down. You know, what's, that's the Jesus' word, that's the God's word. God's word is always powerful. God created this, wor this world with this uh, powerful word. So here, we, he is uh, uh, submitting him, himself under the authority of uh, Jesus' word, and he said, I am going to do what you have said to me. God's call comes in unfavorable circumstances. But here Peter decided to respond in a quick, as a top priority, to respond that call. So he did it. So verse, uh, what was the result of that? And when, when, when we come to the verse 6, we see that the reward was a large number of fish. And then their nets were breaking. There are more than one ships. Respond to God's uh, call. Verse 5, we see how Peter could understand the power of Jesus' div divinity over there. A large number of fish. Maybe after seeing this, maybe that changed everything. For in his life, he, maybe this is the daytime. They used to fish during the night. But this is the daytime. Jesus is asking him to do that. He did it according to his, his word. He obeyed. 
to his word, and now he sees that a greater miracle, a greater uh, number of uh, fish. In some other, other Gospels, even uh, the number of the fish is really mentioned. You know, this, uh, this catch made a big difference in Peter's life. It gave him a conviction. This big catch gave him a conviction. I mean, I was just looking at the whole story, you know. So only, only this uh, catch made a big difference in only Peter's life. And uh, I was just uh, uh, thinking, what about uh, winning, going to winning the soul, souls according to God's word? You know, in, in, even in the Great Commission, Jesus, he said, you need to go and make disciples. That is his word. He said, you are not alone there. I will be with you. And then before his ascension, he said in Acts chapter 1, uh, 1 8, he said, you go and when you go for witnessing, you know, the spirit will come and, and strengthen you. But we know all these things, but uh, we do not do it. Why? But here, G, I mean, Peter, he obeyed to his word. Then uh, in verse 7, we, we see that um, they had to call his partners to bring, to help them, to bring their great catch to the shore. But then... Uh, Here, Jesus is opening Peter's heart as well as eyes. You know, one more thing, the thoughts came, I mean, bringing me over here is maybe Peter. This is not the first time maybe Jesus was not calling Peter. Maybe in the previous chapter, uh, we see that uh, Jesus, and, uh, Jesus, Peter, and Andrew, they had... Uh, uh, the fellowship together. They had, they, uh, uh, they, they had the miracle together. But then that did not open his, uh, uh, the, his eyes of his heart. You know, the, when, when, when a soul, when a dead soul come to the, uh, um, uh, come to the knowledge of uh, uh, his or her sin is something that that's make the conviction, you know, because they are dead in their sin. You know, only through the regeneration of the spirit, only the spirit can open and touch and open the eyes of your heart and see the God the way we're supposed to see. So here in Peter's case, I mean, Jesus did not leave him in the first place, but maybe, maybe after giving him another opportunity to showing him maybe in this uh, uh, miracle situation, he is maybe following him, pursuing him, but he is not pushing him, okay? So our God always pursue after his uh, beloved. But then uh, here we see that G uh, Peter, he, over he overcame his uh, failure and he came to new faith. So, so when we when we come to the, the next uh, scene, here, the ver verses 8 to 11, the scene number 3. Uh, here, Jesus is calling them into a next level. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down and saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. So here, Peter confesses him. What made a difference in Peter's life? I was just thinking, you know, that maybe this is the time we need to focus clearly on, you know, that the, uh, the personal interaction, the eye-to-eye -eye contact between Jesus and Peter. And some, maybe other, not only, not only Peter, all others are watching this whole thing, but then here, only Peter can, Peter could see the difference in that miracle. 
Peter was not uh, seeing the big catch. Maybe others and the crowd, they, their eyes caught up in the big catch. Maybe the materialistic, uh, the, the perspectiveness of the big catch. Big, two, bo uh, two boats uh, full of fish. Million dollars of fish. I don't know the value of the fish, maybe, during that time. And maybe they all, their eyes, they caught up into the miracle. And, but here, Peter, after seeing that catch, he recognized that he is a sinner. He is a, I mean, that's, that, that, that's the part is very important over here. Maybe only, only Luke is mentioning in the kind of a, a theophanic, theophanic uh, um, kind of a, Approach. I mean, you see the same thing in Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah, when he caught up with the vision, with, with God, and, and after seeing the holiness of God, he said, I am a sinful creature. So here, Peter is the same like, Peter is, uh, uh, Peter is uh, caught up in the uh, awfulness of God. I mean, something like, you know, after uh, the seeing the glory of God, that made him to understand that, he is a sinner and he needs to repent of his sins. That made it. You know, the salvation comes in this way. I know you, you, we, we all have maybe two sides of the story. Before you know Jesus, you know, after you know Jesus, that makes a big, big difference. Maybe sometimes when you get a time, you need, you need to write down that story, you know, and write down that, that difference. But here in Peter's life, you know, this was the turning point of his life. For me, in 1994, December 16, when my friend asked me, are you born again Christian? But then I was explaining him that, hey, I brought up in a Christian home, Episcopal home, I was doing all kind of performance as a Christian in the church, in the choir, in the youth group. And I was even in the Mother Teresa's mission field sometime, and I was uh, explaining to my friend all my performances I did in the church. But my friend said, no, I do not want to hear that. I want to hear, do you have any personal relationship between you and Jesus? I didn't have. That is the, I, actually the clicking point in my life. I started to cry. I did a lot of things. Kind of a churchianity, not a Christianity, you know. When you know Christ face to face, that happened over here in Peter's life when he saw the, that big, big catch that made him a new person. He understood his unworthiness. He understood his sinful nature. He understood all his uh, infirmities. And he said, he's, he's saying that, oh, depart from me. I cannot stand in front of your glory. I mean, he understands his unworthiness. Maybe, maybe that is the key in the conversion point. I know you, you and me all have this kind of a, a moment in your life. You know? So if you do not remember, just dig into your memory and pinpoint that moment. Later you can tell that story to your children and your grandchildren. And if God, if Christ did not come by that time, your great grandchildren. So don't, don't waste that great moment in your life. So let me go here. That, that, that was the key point. I mean, in verse 5, he called Jesus as a boss, as a master. But here, a word is used, uh, used as the Lord, curious. I mean, that's the word used. That means. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, is he, is more than a boss. He's the Lord. He's uh, he he's he's uh, acknowledging Lord God as his Lord and Savior, something like that. He identifies unworthiness to a uh, unworthiness uh, uh, to a worthiness. You know, worthy to give and and worship the Lord the way the needed. So that is the difference, you know, from head knowledge to, uh, you know, heart knowledge, you know. Sometimes we, uh, we all have head knowledge. We know that Jesus, I mean, maybe uh, by, by reading a history book, you can know about Jesus. 
when I, when I meet the people in the street, they all have the knowledge. Even Muslims have the knowledge. Hindus have the knowledge. But, you know, the, the difference makes, do you know him from your heart? In 2013, I was sharing the gospel to a Hindu Punjabi boy and almost three months I spent with him and then I asked him, hey, do you get it? No. He, was, he said, hey, I don't get it now. I mean, he has here, but he, he did not have over here. I said, you know, when you remove that distance, you know, the 13 inch from your head to your heart, you call me. You know, after three months, I have been praying for him. After three months, one night he called. Hey, Shibu, I got it. He said, you come down. Night, 9.30 in the night, he came down to me. He, he kneeled down and we prayed together. That made a big difference. Later, he, we, we baptized him. Then after that, he opened his uh, home as a Bible, he, I mean, his home for the Bible study. So now he lives in uh, London, um, attend a church. What I'm saying that, you know, the, that point, from heart knowledge to heart, that, that is happening out here. So, so that needs to be happen. You know, acknowledging his sin did not separate Peter from God, but draw closer to God. You know, even other religion people, they do not want to come to God. Why? They, they have a fear. My friend, he have a fear for the God. But we have, a, we have grace. We have mercy. Our God is a merciful God. You know, here, Jesus, then what happened after that? You know, I don't want to go more deeper. You know that. Then later, he said, hey, Peter, don't worry. You know? But then here, one thing you can see that the author is specifically uh, mentioned here, Simon Peter. The rest of the places is uh, Simon, I think. And so that makes, you know, his uh, fragile situation, he really shows over here, you know. And then he acknowledged Jesus. And so then when we come to the, the, uh, the following verse, you know, verse 9, for he and all who were with him were astonished, you know, and amazed by the catch. So you and me in the fishing business, some people, they, they get astonishment, amazement of the miracles they receive in their day-to-day -day life. When for us, what is a miracle? What is the greatest miracle? I have seen that the greatest miracle is a dead soul when he hears the gospel, when he comes to the knowledge of Christ and he, he was dead. He was dead in his transgression. But after the irresistible spirit of God touches him, regenerates him, the grace of Jesus Christ saves him into the life. The eternal life. That is the greatest miracle. That we see every week when people make professions of faith. No. I have many stories, but I don't have time. You call me another time, I can tell all my stories. So here, just like Rebecca and Rachel, now they have the story. Now they are actually in the fishing business. Now you see that? The multiplication. That's the way it should happen. You and me, we heard the gospel. We know the gospel. But if you do not tell this gospel to someone else, we are selfish. We are keeping with us. So verse 10, let us come over there. We see an urgency. You know? So from now on, you will fish for people. Verse 10. So here we see that catching men alive. Only you know, Peter is, uh, Luke is using over here the same, same term. You know, the fishermen, they don't, do they, do they catch dead fish? No. They always catch live fish, is that right? So here, here Jesus is telling them that, now on you will catch live men and women. So that's, that's a, the, the, the word, I mean, translation, we can see that. Even, uh, even Luke uh, is used a, a Greek word for the catch. That means uh, a capture alive or capture for life. No. So as Christians, in our, in, our, in our evangelism, when we go out, we are, we are capturing people alive for God's uh, 
kingdom. It's a, it's a vital challenge. And from here onwards, we see that, verse 10 onwards, Jesus is making them men catchers, you know. Have you ever seen a fisherman? Have you ever fished? You know, they are very bold people. They are always in the danger, in the sea. They have to be very diligent. You know, I mean, even day and night. And so here, maybe, maybe th th that is, you know, they, they, we, we see that you are, I mean, going to be men catches now. You know. But then uh, later you see that in order to uh, a true men catcher, later we see that they had to give up something. They had to give up their, their previous vocation, their fishing business, their boats, their families, their priorities. And then we see that, we, even later we see that they left everything and followed. They forsook everything and followed Jesus in an all-hearted commitment. We can see that. Wow. So here, at the end, he said, and when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. We see the condition of the discipleship. Any, anyone, who, anyone of you who does not uh, forget, you know, renounce all, you cannot be my disciple. That's Jesus said. Even the same, chap, same book, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, he said that, you know. So becoming Jesus' disciple demands all-hearted commitment. So let me come to the the last scene. We, we have pitch, we, 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 we videoed everything now. Okay? So what do you want to communicate with the audience? What do you want to take home from this? You know? So what is the impact of uh, uh, this miracle? Maybe one day, in our own wisdom, we cannot do much. Peter had their own wisdom. But when we take Christ with us, when Peter took Christ with him, he could do more. So in our own way, we cannot do much, but then we need to take Christ, Jesus, with us. And then his word teaches how, how to fish, where to fish, and when to fish. Because he is the creator of the universe. He knew, he knows where is the fish, even in the deep even in the, uh, in the hidden places, you know. So, do you want to go with him? A sinful Peter did not have to fear anymore. God accepted him. And he made him something new. He called him to a new mission. And later you see that even Jesus put his church on Peter. The Savior's call for faith has found more force. Christ uh, Jesus calls people every day. He is calling you and me every day. But we don't hear because we have a deaf ear. In our spiritual deaf situation, we are not able to hear him. If you want to follow Christ, we need a self-desire. So we have a choice. Jesus is not pushing anyone to come. No one forced to follow Christ then we need a self-denial. We must forget our selfish plans and desires. Then we need a self-dedication. Christ must have all for us. Fully dedicated to him. 
You know, once you put your hands on the plow, don't look back. 2001, we decided to come to the ministry. 2014, we left everything and came to the full-time fishing business. We, till then, till today, we never lacked one-time meal. The one who called you, he says, faithful. The last thing is, you need a self-determination. Determine daily to serve and follow him all the way, not the halfway. Christ is calling. Will you follow him? If you are not uh, fishing, you are not following. If you are not fishing, you are not following. Let us pray today. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for your mercy. You thank you for your kindness. Lord, we thank you for your great call you extended to us in person as well as in a corporate body, as a church. Lord, we are here. You open our ears. You open our spiritual eyes. Help us to hear you well. Help us to see you with our heart. Help us to understand our unworthiness. Help us to repent of our sinful nature. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for giving your life on our side. Now we have hope. Now we have eternal life. Lord, help us to follow you. Help us to be in your fishing business. If you are not fishing, we are not following. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen.